I had I just I just emulated a cat, so I napped in the sun. But it was really nice. Oh, no, okay. we've nice. yeah we've had unseasonably warm and dry weather here for like the last two weeks. It's been crazy, and next week we're getting our first heat wave of the year. Yay! Well, this isn't the first heat wave of the year, but it is episode 71 of the Halcyon Frequency podcast. I'm hosting. The, uh, this is this is blind talking. And uh, this episode goes live on May 28th, Sunday, 2023. Uh, I'm joined by uh, the lovely, the wonderful, the uh, the, the deep, uh, docile tones of Arch Play Stuff. How are you? I honestly thought you were referring to FG when you said lovely and wonderful. I'm not, I'm I'm not well. Sh- gonna lie i didn't know which direction i was going with that and then kind of decided (laughs) on a whim but then i had to commit so i committed i'm i'm flattered i'm flattered i'm well i'm you know up at 4 a.m but hey you get that on the big jobs and we we are also we're also joined by the the amazing the wonderful the 15 otters in a trench coat fg squared good day Hi, good day. Wow, that sounds that sounds exhausting. Fifteen is a lot. It's normally three. Fifteen is a bit. Three? Okay. Uh, yeah, fifteen would have been a bit much, I think. Like just for me, like, the trying number to just goes up every time I say it. <laughs> why? Can't... Why didn't you say good day to me? I don't know. Like I said, like, I'm the Australian <laughs> here. If someone's going to get the good day, it should be me. I'm Canadian. <laughs> we don't have culture. We just steal from everywhere else. So it's just like a random pot of whatever you get this time. But you You're live in a Canadian? place. Where good day is not really even a thing, and is nope. it? So it doesn't nope. count. Yeah. I was so next well, to some some Aussies in a bar last night, and they they were saying a lot of that. <laughs> I I don't think I'll ever hear blind say Kyoto. I don't know how to say that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> even just hearing you say that, I don't know how to say that. So it's K I A O R A. So Kia Aura. But the way uh, Maori p- pronunciation is, it becomes basically ki ora. So, um, yeah, just ki ora. The, yeah, the art what does it mean? Very, uh, basically, be well, good health, hello. Uh, huh. it's, it's a greeting. Yeah, that, that, okay, interesting. Sounds like something that somebody from Newfoundland would say to me, and I would just look at them like, what? <laughs> 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 Which is generally how talking to people from Newfoundland goes. Uh, to be fair, Newfoundland is uh, that is that is a uh, an interesting accent uh, dialect almost. Well, one of Bellinair's regulars is from Newfoundland, and it's really mm. funny hearing Bellinair uh, and a, like a, a, a like a guy from the UK and then a dude from Finland all in a voice call. It's like I can barely understand any of you. Like, is, <laughs> <laughs> I know that you're all talking and you guys can understand each other, but man, sometimes when you're all talking fast, it's like I I just like I need I need like subtitles to keep up. Mm. <laughs> it's just that the subtitles also have a problem to keep up mm-hmm. with that because mm-hmm. they're trying to like like translate the accent and it just doesn't work mm. like they i've sometimes- always struggled with um the seat the closed captions because of an australian accent yeah but that's mm. just added comedy and i, I at least if, if you use the closed captions tag um i've had some people pop into my stream that are like pop in specifically because of that tag they're like yeah i'm deaf so i'm just seeing like who has closed captions on twitch um oh that's cool so it is like worth using them but you know with i I use them but i don't use the tag so i should check that out definitely i 
I had someone ask. They're like, you know, um, can you put them on? And I was like, hell, if someone's asking, then then yes, I'll go to that that and looked into it all. The the most use I've heard people saying getting out of the the closed captions is like people in meetings, in Zoom calls. Mm. But like, so so they have to listen to the meetings. So they just unmute the stream so they can kind of see what's going on. But like outside of that, yeah, no, there there are definitely people on Twitch that go around looking through that uh, closed captions tag. Yeah, I need to I need to get mine set up again. I need to just figure out how to do it because like the way the audio routes is like it all goes through to the streaming PC in one line. It's mixed before it goes into the line, right? Like the sounds from my PC and the the mic. So I need to like run it off of my uh, gaming PC. So I don't know. I don't. I haven't looked into setting that up because I can't just I can't just use the OBS plugin. It doesn't work like that because that just takes just your entire use a audio extension. Yeah, no, I use the OBS plugin. It it literally just like pings Google's uh, yeah, uh, yeah. text to speech servers, and then because Twitch actually has like support for in does, video yeah. Um, yeah. captions, it then gets saved to the video file. So even if you like port the VOD over to YouTube or download it, the captions it's will still be there. In there, yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's the convenient thing. But I can't do that because it would pick up everything. Yeah, because including game so. audio and that yeah. sort of stuff. That would be really funny, but. <laughs> I mean, Zeke does it like that, and it works okay. Because most of the time, you as the streamer will not actually be talking when the people in the game are talking. So it does actually work. Okay. I guess it's better than nothing, right? <laughs> in the end, if you think about it, I suppose. And I think I kind of am talking myself into like getting this set up again, because I really need to. <laughs> Do it. Yeah, go for it. Like... Yeah. That sounds like uh what what you kind of need to do. Yeah, yeah. It's probably it's, it's easiest to do it that way at least, say it that way. So on the oh, topic I'll check it out. Uh, on the topic of uncharacteristically hot weather as we as we were talking about earlier, uh we've we've had a bit of a, a heat wave here recently which caused me to sleep through a meeting because like it's been I don't know, like high 20s, low 30s, sometimes high 30s um, recently. And like Please. the last three, four days were like a little bit cooler, but we, we had a meeting organized for pretty early in the day. And I don't think I got to sleep that night until about 4.30 in the morning because it was so hot. And when I finally fell asleep, yeah, I didn't wake up until like two. Mm, <laughs> so I was like, I think I just slept through a meeting. Looks, I looked at my phone. Yep, definitely slept through a meeting. <laughs> Felt bad. No, it happens. Did you? But you have AC. Did you not run your AC yet? Or I try to just... not set it up as long as possible because yeah, when I okay. set it up, I don't take it down for the rest of the year. Yeah, and yeah. it does like quadruple my power bill. So of my, course, my power yeah, bill yeah, yeah, goes yeah, from like yeah. thirty dollars a month that I pay it by monthly to about two hundred and twenty dollars a month that I pay by monthly. So like paying mm. like four hundred dollars a month every month every other month is not fun. So I yeah, tr I try I I my it. best to not set it up as long as possible. I just yeah. suffer until I can't take it anymore. I we mean, just... I, didn't have, I grew up in Australia, and I didn't have air conditioning until I was about 25, so I fully get that. Yeah, I mean, air like, conditioning I didn't, is I didn't not, have AC until I moved out either. AC is not common in Germany at all. It's not common here in the UK either, but we uh, we splurged uh, recently, and we got it installed, like, central AC. And, That's um, right. I remember you talking about that. Yeah, we we splurge because it's it's just getting hotter 
as as I've just been talking about, we're getting more extreme temperatures and, you know, working from home with like, even if Lex is not home, with me and my two PCs, especially with a new PC, which is basically a space heater anyways, like once it hits, like if it hits again, the temperatures that we had last year, where I've talked about this before, um, it was so hot that our carbon monoxide alarm started beeping to tell us, sorry, it's so hot, I don't work properly anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, this is gonna be, this is this is worth it. Even alone, just for those for those few days where then it means I can work relatively comfort comfortably without dying and especially actually getting proper sleep. Yeah, like, some... I remember back in Australia, some days I would just become nocturnal for a week because it was too hot to do anything during the day. So you would just sleep. And then at night when I had work to do, that's when I would do it when it was cooler. Yeah. Also, you just can't sleep at night as well. Sometimes like if you if you hit like these temperatures where it's like 23, 24 overnight, like that's I you don't I don't I can't sleep when it's that hot like i do i like i doze maybe but that's it and it's so like i don't know how it is where you are but here um also back where i'm from in germany it's just it's not just hot it's hot and humid mm -hmm. and it's 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 killer it's killer like if it if it's like 30 like even if it's just at night like 24 25 but you still have that like 80% 85% humidity on top of that it's just no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, the, the Sydney Basin got very humid. The dry heat tended to be towards the north of Australia mm. during the dry months, at least. And mm. then the Sydney the Sydney area was very humid to the point that even there's like old 1950s cartoons where it's like businessmen standing in suits and they're like, it's not the heat, it's the humidity. It is, um, though, yeah. God. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's been a very, very long-running joke in um in sydney mm. so yeah. definitely definitely can uh attest to that yeah and you know what i mean yeah we won't run it like all that much being in the uk but like this year already is shaping up to be super hot because i don't know i don't know how it was where you guys are but here like all of the slightly l less reputable newspapers that do like sensationist things, they all went like, oh my God, El Nino is already starting. This next like one and a half years is going to be horrible in terms of weather and temperature. And so far that's, that's kind of coming true. Like, yeah. Over here, at least um, we, we had our, um, our hottest May since 1950 something. And we mm. completely obliterated the, uh, all of the records for that year. Oh, lovely! Oh so yeah, that that's been fun. But you know, like yeah. the, the past the past few days have cooled off quite a bit. Like yesterday, it was like twenty two or something, and it's supposed oh, to good, be like yeah. twenty in mid twenties and cloudy for the rest of the week. So although today it's supposed to be quite hot, so I've got the door open all the way, so my neighbors can hear me podcasting. Oh, yeah, nice. I I had the same, but then my neighbor decided this uh, Friday afternoon at uh, seventeen thirty seven. Um, would be a great time to uh, mow their lawn. So I closed the door. <laughs> Speaking of mowing lawns, uh, I I've developed a new hobby, which is a hobby I sort of had a about, not last year, but the year before, um, and a little bit last year. But around this time of year, uh, what ends up happening is I get annoyed with how bad my backyard area looks, and I start doing illegal gardening back there where we're not supposed to, but like gardening anyway. 
Um, anyway, so they fired our like landscapers for our building. The the people that like the strata council that runs this building, it seems to be very corrupt, and I'm convinced is just like leeching money out of it into their uh, personal pockets. Um, they decided that gardeners were too expensive and didn't do enough. Well, they paid them for one hour a week um, to basically show up and leave below and leave. Um, and uh, so they decided they weren't doing enough and too expensive. So they fired them and then hired security. Um, so now we have security that walks around the building for four hours every evening in a building that does not need security at all. Um, so me and uh, what one, one of my uh, neighbors have gone back to our old hobby of we're doing the gardening for the garden, except we started at 11 o'clock at night. So like <laughs> Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. We both show up outside with uh, beer and joints, and we just like grab a rake, grab a shovel, like just just grab a hedge trimmer, and just start like gardening. Um, Are you telling me that the secret incre- ingredient is crime? N- no, it's alcohol <laughs> mostly. It's and mostly weed. alcohol and weed. Yeah, so we're we're just like out there a little bit stoned, just talking about whatever. <laughs> ripping out weeds at past midnight and every now and again people walk out they're like what are you doing it's like oh you know but a a couple of weeks ago one of my neighbors walked past me and she's like what are you like what are you actually doing i'm like planting potatoes she's like why are you planting i'm like because nothing else is gonna grow here so do you ever get those moments fg where you hear something that blind says and you're just like that is so blind to a t what, yeah, yeah, right now, like right one, now, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, at 1.30 in the morning a couple weeks ago. <laughs> and e- even your response to the lady, like all of it is just, Planting it tracks. Yeah, yeah, it tracks, exactly. yeah. yeah. So ho- hopefully I'll get a couple hundred extra potatoes from my backyard. <laughs> Noise. Where I'm not Illegal supposed potatoes. to plant potatoes. Illegal potatoes, yeah. yes. Well, I mean, like, nobody knows what's going on out there. Nobody weeds it. Nobody pays any attention to it. And there's just weeds everywhere. And the, the potatoes will blend right in. It's like they're not even there. <laughs> Why not? Go for nobody it. Nobody knows what potato plants are. It, it was either that or tomatoes. But, like, tomatoes, people will, like, steal. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. You don't want anyone stealing your tomatoes. You don't want anyone stealing your illegally planted produce. Yeah, because, like, what are you going to do? <laughs> Call the cops? I mean, it's not like the building's going to find me. Like, there's there's nobody in the building who even knows how to garden. And the few people who do are, like, in on it. They walk That's by, it. they're like, yeah! <laughs> they'll find it, and they'll have to hire someone to get rid of the plants because they it's don't like, know how to do it. <laughs> do crimes. Um, Plant potatoes, so, do crimes. Yeah. What, what's I, that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do crimes have chips? Oh, yeah. I, I'm all, <laughs> speaking of crimes, I, I, I'm back to my uh, ur- urban disobedience of walking around with pill bottles full of uh, clover seed and planting clover everywhere. <gasps> oh, nice. nice. That's there's good like, though, yeah. If you, if you actually walk around like downtown area where I live, there's a bunch of like empty lots that are just like, you know, mostly grass that now have like these big patches of clover everywhere. <laughs> because oh, that's so of, cool. Because of me like over the last three years yeah. going around and throwing clover seeds everywhere. Nice. I remember um, you telling me about that. And I think I, I think I saw a video of a guy that's taken over like gardening of these areas might have been a Tom Scott video or just some random uh, Reddit uh, rabbit hole. But yeah, like there's there's a guy that does that as well. He illegally plants, like I think he plants like trees, mid-sized, small mm-hmm. to mid-sized trees. Yeah. And it's crazy there, to see. 
there's a few lots where I could actually like plant plants, but like I'm not planting plants or anything I intend to come back to or anything that like I intend to be big. I'm just planting clover. But That's it. You know, you plant it. It doesn't need looking after. You don't need to come back to it or anything. It's just... Birds yeah. eat two thirds of the seeds and then the rest sprout and, you know, the birds redistribute them elsewhere. It's great. Just like nature intended. Mm. Mm-hmm. Birds redistribute the seeds and I plant more of them. But birds are communists, confirm. Well, it, it's it, it's great. Cause you can get like three kilograms of clover seed for like thirty bucks. So <laughs> that's that a lot of pill bottles it's, of co- clover seed. Oh yeah, seed. oh yeah. It, it's it's like a not small bo- like bag of clover seed. <laughs> it's, it's a hefty bag of clover seed. I think I can understand why you why you don't just walk around with a bag of clover seed though. It's too obvious. You gotta like mm. pretend to hide it when you're committing crime. Exactly, crime <laughs> makes it fun. It, if they no. were like, "Hey, come down and sprinkle some clover," you'd do it once, but you'd be like, "That's it." Though, if it's illegal and you've got to do it secretly, it just makes it more spicy. You're just doing like spicy gardening at this point. <laughs> well, I think we just named this podcast episode "Spicy Gardening." Um, that sounds good. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm down. And uh, I think we're going to go to a real quick break. And when we come back from that break, we are going to talk about the games that we've been playing this week. We will be right back after this. And we're back with episode seventy-one of the Halcyon Frequency Podcast. And uh, well, it's time to talk about games. So. Uh, Arch, you've got something you would like to bring to the discussion board about, uh, I think it's called Warlander. Yes. um, I actually knew a guy by the same name. It was very funny when I saw it. Um, I I jumped on a little little sponsorship here, and I don't normally talk about sponsored games on the podcast because, you know, whatever. But I actually took this game, and I had so much fun playing it that... I did a two-hour sponsored stream of it, and I have played it for 10 hours now in the past two days. It is similar to, from what I've been told, I've never played it, um, For Honor, in the terms of you've got some very specific classes, and then uh, Happy Wars. It's by the same developers as Happy Wars. And um, so basically the gist is, is you're an army, you are you know, four squads of, or five squads of four, four squads of four, um, and then there's a commander. You take different roles, you get, depending on your role, you get bonus experience for achieving tasks, and you can be a burly warrior, a mage, or a cute girl. Um, Like, the cleric is just like, you can tell they spent five times the amount of character design work on on the cleric. Mm. Um, But... It's honestly a lot of fun. There's, um, I, I joked about it with, uh, with, with chat that the art team got told 1044. You know, you've got the big bulky medieval armor, the maces, the chainmail, castles. And then the developer team got told 1944 because you've got ballistas that are basically machine gun encampments. You've got catapults that are basically uh, mortars and artillery. Yeah, I'm looking and- at screenshots of this and I'm going, is that a mech? <laughs> yes, there also is a giant robot. Somewhere along the way, someone got told, uh, you know, 3044 because 
um, there is a giant robot that you can also fire. So the gist is, is it's, um, you're trying to destroy the enemy's core. Pretty simple. You've got, there's like whole bunches of defenses, towers you can respawn at and gates. You've got to break down the gates, make your way to the core and then destroy it. And then along the way, there's things like cataclysms where you can either get like a meteor swarm, uh, a giant tornado that will basically block any path or, or other things like a robot. And it's incredibly chaotic, but there is, in every battle, there is someone who takes the role of the commander. And the commander issues orders to the entire side, but you only see the orders issued to your team, right? So the commander can say, Assault Squad B, go here. Assault Squad C, go here. And no one's going to get their orders confused. So if you work with it in cohesion, it's just amazing. And... Yeah, I just had an absolute ball with it. The movement is fun. The actual combat is fun. It's, um, you know, super fluid. When I saw it and I was, I was like, oh, it's like a little bit of a MOBA style. And I was like, this is going to be, this is going to be a little bit jank. And played it and I was just really impressed with uh, how well it moves. The reviews are a little bit negative i think uh, about 60 percent positive at the moment most of them seem to be um uh what what is it uh bring back happy wars their original game <laughs> i don't think people liked that they stopped making happy wars to focus on this game and then one was i was banned for just offering some constructive criticism in the discord which you know uh we all know what that what that actually means um but yeah, I had a lot of fun with it, and um, I ended up playing it, like like I said, quite a lot off-stream, and I'll probably be playing it some more too. It's it's really enjoyable. I've just not played MOBA games as much before, and it's new and exciting to me. Well, the new and exciting and fun of MOBA game, games will be sucked out soon enough. You'll learn <laughs> to hate them like the rest of us. Um, yeah, well, that that's kind of it. Like, I've been jumping into different genres, not just on stream, but off stream too. I've been like, ooh, this sounds like something I've not played before, and I'm going to play it. Um, yeah. And I've been enjoying it. And um, yeah, there's been some, some pretty interesting experiences through that. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've definitely had, like, spats of my life where I've played way too much of certain MOBAs, and it's to the point now where if somebody starts pitching a game to me and then they use the word MOBA, my, I, I'm out. Like, it, well, it do, do, doesn't matter how good the game is, I just, I just never want to play a MOBA again. Yeah, I think, it, I think um, MOBAs and multiplayer games are incredibly difficult to, to balance, but content wise they pretty much generate their own content like mm -hmm. basically the way this worked is there was like four maps and they change every hour so mm -hmm. if you queue up for a battle in in a certain time frame you will always get the same map but then it'll change to another one and so they can they can focus on mostly the battle stuff without having to worry about a lot of the uh like mostly the balance stuff without having to worry about content. And, and I think that's where, um, you know, battle Royale games sort of picked up. And a lot of these things came from is because the more you focus on multiplayer, the more the content provides itself, you know, and mm -hmm. it's interesting to see. And also, 
you know as long as they can hit that that balance aspect it usually turns out okay but if they can't balance it then the game just dies so quickly because again it's reliant on other people you can't just go okay there's not really many people playing but i can log in and, and enjoy it myself um multiplayer games die hard whereas a single player game will just dwindle away but will never truly die i think i think what makes this one um probably feel a bit better in terms of like moba like pvping and stuff like that um at least from listening to it, the fact that you have one person as the commander directing others probably helps to make it a bit more fluid yeah, in terms of like See, everybody being on that. the same. Sorry about cutting you off, but um, I, uh, I would agree with that to a point. I've played enough like of those. It's a first person shooter, but an RTS game with a commander to know that Games like that are great, as long as your commander's competent. The second you end up with a oh, yeah. trolling or incompetent commander, those games are awful. So, like, your the your experience is entirely based on the enthusiasm of one person, and if that person sucks, then the game sucks. You have to have a certain level of experience to be able to, and you need yeah, to opt in matter. to do it. That doesn't matter. So, <laughs> there, is, there is some checks about that. It's not just going to give a random the commander. Uh, unless nobody has applied for it and then it will pull someone random. But like I did it and I actually really had a lot of fun. And the thing is, is you can also just completely ignore it. You know, the council, mm. you know, I recognize the council's made a decision because it's stupid. I've chosen to ignore it. You can basically <laughs> pull that, you know, you can go after your own targets. There's, there's no um, duty to do that. And you can look at it and go, no, that's, that's not right. You know, and we played assault teams that ended up staying back because the defense team sucked or, or vice versa. And yeah, um, I don't know. I just, I just really enjoyed it. It could be that I'm coming into these types of games with fresh eyes and, you know, I'm, I'm fully willing to, to accept that, you know, someone who's been playing mm. Dota league of legends and all of that might come in and go, it is the most generic derivative game I've ever heard of. And, um, I don't know if I, I'm not I'm saying like, that particularly. Oh my god, it's so fresh. For me, um, it's just team team based MOBA with like things you need to hit. It's it's your it's going to be very hard to convince me to be even remotely interested in one of those. It's ever. it's yeah, it's as success, successful as your as uh you know humanity is and <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. D do I like playing games with other people? No. Does game require other people? Yes. Well, speaking of games, I am that don't also not a mobile like, person. Like, speaking of definitely a, not. Speaking of a game that isn't a MOBA and also doesn't require the people, I don't think. FG, I'm really curious about Above Snakes. How's that? Okay. Um, so Above Snakes uh, came out on the 25th. Is um, a an isometric uh, crafting survival game said in like inspired by the wild west um and i say inspired by because it's not really historically accurate um it's not the location like the location isn't accurate uh and that sort of stuff and there's zombies yeah yeah it's a survival crafting game um so basically the the premise is you're just living your best life out in the prairie you know somewhere in the 
Wild West. And then meet green glowing meteors fall from the sky. And everybody, everybody is like, what the heck is going on? And then that turns people into zombies. So actually space zombies. Also animals. And you kind of just play your, your story um and you try to survive as a specific character so so it is it is also a story game it's single player it has a story that leads you through um um the game as in like you know go talk to that person and then tell you like tell they tell you more oh yeah if you want to know more about that you have to go talk to that person that sort of stuff and um it has this really cool cool gimmick where um you discover like map tiles by playing and then you can place them and you can kind of build the build your own world it's it's really weird it's like dwarf romantic but a survival crafting game because you have to like match the edges to build your world and you want to like put like certain things you want to clump them together so you can generate resources over there that you can then go and harvest uh versus like placing everything randomly and stuff like that it's it's um it's 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 very chill for a survival crafting game the zombies um they're they're not that difficult um you can avoid most of the time the most of the times you don't go out at night if you don't want to deal with them and um it's been it's been very chill it's it's relatively linear like you still kind of make your own game by deciding what you want to work on but it's pretty linear because it's like okay go there to do that and then talk to that guy and that person will have a quest for you and then go over there and then go over there so it is relatively relatively linear but it's it's nice and chill like i wouldn't say it's amazing but it's nice and it's chill and it's like one of those games that's really good to play to chat with chat like while you're chatting with chat because you have something to do and something to work on and then you know you know it's 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 nice it's been nice I'm going to have to check this out because... I think you um, would really like it. I think you would I've, really like it, Arch, yeah. Yeah, it reminds me of a few of the games I've, I've checked out. You know, Lod Venture, uh, Lens Island, which I was playing earlier this week and, you know, had on my list to talk about. I'd be love to compare notes about mm. Lens Island and that because Lens Island is an isometric, more or less, uh, survival crafting game. Yep. And... Um, it's, yeah, I, I saw the prologue and I thought that's all that was out. I didn't realize the actual game was coming out as well. It is out. And it's not early access. It's not early access. It's not that early is... access, which is like, so it's so stupid that we've come to this now, but we have to like focus on that. And no, but it's, it's really solid. Like it's, it's really solid. It's fun to play. It's, it's a great game for streaming for me personally. Um, and, uh. The art, the art is really nice. The 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 look of like the the um like how the map tiles fit together, I think is really like novel. Like the idea is really novel. Um, it does use assets from Blind's favorite asset pack. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it does, yeah. So you'll you'll see some familiar things because <laughs> it's Blind. Uh, as, as. Why don't you create a Steam curated group that just collects all of the games that uses that asset pack? Because <laughs> there's so many. But it's a single-person death game, they, I think. They literally sell the assets for, like, $20 every couple of months on Humble. So They do, yeah. Like, you can buy, like, yeah. their entire collection every couple of months. Oh, look, I... Yeah. 
I don't think using asset packs is necessarily a bad yes, thing. Yes, but I hate that particular one because it's so generic <laughs> and ugly looking. I just... Yeah, yeah you just I'm don't so like the look of, seeing, of it, right? I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. so tired of seeing those stupid, like, like unibrow, like, low-poly figures with the same goddamn mustache. I just... To be I fair, wanna... to be fair, to be fair, um, <sighs> he doesn't, uh, or that person... Does not use that particular part of the asset pack. Yeah, I don't care. It's just like no, I'm just saying. Oh, but like, you don't that, have that, the unibrow people in there. The, the the character models actually look pretty good. That being said, I did yeah. I did play through all of the Looker, and the Looker uses that asset pack. So mm, um, yeah, but that game was Fun free. Fact, so mm. a game I used to work on um, had a various bunch of about uh, like animal sounds and such. And I was looking at doing some work with it and sort of introducing more sounds. And I was like, Where, you know, what, what assets do we have? And he's like, oh, I have a CD of royalty-free animal sounds. I could probably, like, save it to MP3 and send it to you. And that's what he made the game's animal sounds with. Which is <laughs> why occasionally watching a, um, you know, like playing another game, I will hear the sound that I'm like, that's that's the bear. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, it's weird once you start like recognizing that. that. Yeah, it's the same. Like, yeah. um, there are certain games uh, that just use things from Epidemic Sounds, which is totally fine because that's what it's for, right? But, like, you will start recognizing those noises and go mm -hmm. like, ah, oh, I know where you got that from. <laughs> my, my favorite repeating sound that I've heard in a couple of different games now is the duck quack sound that's in Hunter Call of the mm. Wild that they use for the duck lure. It's mm. this hysterical sounding quack, quack, quack. It's also in every single stalker game. <laughs> nice. So like I'll just be so like my, I associate that sound like quack 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 with my friend Kevin when I'm playing that game in multiplayer because it doesn't affect the other animals. So regardless of what's happening, he's got the duck lure out and he's quacking. Mm, nice. <laughs> it does, does not matter. He'll just be like bunny hopping behind me and quacking, and it's like great. Uh, so, so whenever I'm playing other games, it's just off in the distance. I hear quack quack. quack I just burst out laughing. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. actually recall. Um, Josh Strife Hayes does this uh, video series of Was It Any Good where he plays old games. And there's some that he's like, you'll notice, like, it's a game from, like, the the early 2000s. And he's like, you'll notice this game is in a current AAA. Uh, this sound is in a current AAA game as well. And you'll listen and he'll play them both and you're just like, oh, my God, that noise is that old? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's like there, there's there's people that you know, like I I fell down a rabbit hole with the thing a while ago, and the, what what the rabbit hole is related to is un, unrelated. But I there there's a guy that has been working on on games since the mid '90s who now works on Fortnite, and so because right. of that, there are sound effects that were in Tony Hawk that he made that are also in Fortnite <laughs> because he made them. Mm. Um, they. Uh, this, this is a random ADHD sidetrack note. Mm. Did you hear that they um they found the original recording of the Wilhelm scream? Yes. No, and, I didn't. Yeah, and no, it was cool. linked to my Discord a bunch of times. There's multiple takes. Yeah, <laughs> and and there's multiple takes, and then they're like, "No, we need it to be a bit more." And he's like, "How about this?" And then does the Wilhelm scream, and they're just like, "Yep, that's right." And it's oh, just like, "Oh great. my gosh!" Like, there's there's a bunch of off-brand Wilhelm screams at the start, you know, where you're like, is that Wilhelm's cousin? And um, 
And then, and then, you know, they're like, no, no, it needs to be a little bit more, you know, a little bit more desperate and fade off this way. And then he's like, okay, does it? And they're like, yeah, that's right. And you're just like, I just heard history being made. I just heard this, right. this entire, like, cause the Wilhelm scream is now, it's not just a, oh wow, they're using the same scream everywhere. It's, it's honestly an in joke. If they fit oh, yeah, in, absolutely, all yeah. the sound guys are like, we fit the Wilhelm scream in this. And, oh yeah, um, it's, it's, I've, I mean, I've it's even heard it in meme. games. Yeah, it, it, it's, it is. It's the original in joke for Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's, um, no, I've, I've I've heard it in games as well. Yeah, it's like taking yeah. over more bits and bobs and here and there. It's great. It's really funny. You're playing a game, then you hear the Wilhelm scream, and you're just like, "Oh no, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna hear that every time." Like, <laughs> yeah. Yep. I dig it though. Mm. Speaking of digging it, um, I completely like lost my frame of frame. My, that's my, fine. My, that's my fine because I, I actually, that. I actually just sort of something, sort of, uh, thought of something else to mention about about above snakes. So, um, it's 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 really funny, and I'll elaborate on this a little bit later. But. Um, the one thing that I that I can't quite recommend in uh, Above Snakes or like what what like is is like really being shoved in my face right now is that the writing slash storytelling isn't very good. <laughs> like it's ignorable because it's not really like super duper big of a concern. But like having come from a game and I will talk more about why that is and why it's so amazing where the story was just and the writing and the atmosphere was just absolutely amazing and then jumping into into above snakes where it's not so good uh is very jarring so when it comes to that story to the story of the game i wouldn't expect like a literally literary amazing classic or anything like that it's it's perfunctionary storytelling and it's fine it's it's very forgettable. You can mostly skip over the things, just grab the quests and go. It's not it's not very good. Like when you're reading it out, there's there's some grammatical oddities at times and it just sounds really stilted and stuff like that. And it, it's like very jarring right now. And I will talk more about later why that is. Or why it's so Yes, later when I talk about other games that I've been playing. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um well, s speaking of things that are jarring, but for completely different reasons, how about games that look like they came out in like 1990 or 80, maybe even? All right. Yeah, I've sure. been playing Astro Protocol, not on stream, just off stream. Mm. Um, Astro Protocol 2, specifically. The first one was a browser game. Um, now, I, I recommend looking at screenshots of this, <laughs> if, if possible, to kind of get an actual idea of what I'm talking about. Th Whoa. This... This game is old. It, it has no sound effects. That's something else that's worth noting. You have to provide your own, um, which is pretty easy. Just get your favorite space game soundtrack and put it on in the background. Um, and uh, it is a top-down space exploration combat game. It's entirely controlled on the keyboard. 
Um, so you give your ship commands. There are several different consoles that are bound to the F key, so F1, F2, F3, F4. Mm -hmm. um, it's like your, your main deck, your main flight deck, which is kind of the first screenshot, I think. Uh, then there's uh, your like routing for like uh, jumping at, at light speed. Um, then there's like your inventory and systems, and then there's like engine rooms and then planet scanning. Um, so in engineering, you can see all of your ship's systems and get the names for them. And then after that, it's this game comes with a 72-page manual. Um, it says it's 78 pages, but some of them are blank and one of them is a picture, so I, I don't count some of them. But it's 72 pages of manual, and it's all command prompts because you control this game by typing. So you'll it, it kind of looks like you're, you're, you're going to be playing a programming game, but not really. Instead, you're typing in... Um, you know, set shields to fifty uh, on star. Set set, set shields starboard fifty or uh, ready laser, uh, and then lock on ship four. Uh, ship four locked on. Scan ship four. Target ship four. Shields fire, um, okay. and stuff like that. And this sounds things take time, <laughs> and it errors, and then the screen starts warping when you start like crashing into stuff and then alarms start going off and there's five different ships flying at you and it's like scanned alien vessel alien vessel uh, origins unknown and then like you're, everything just starts freaking out on the screen and then you just see like shutting down sequence rebooting locating new starship try again wow. <laughs> it's, so, this sounds it's so like cool a game that would absolutely benefit from like speech to text a speech to text program it has some of you that could, you could <laughs> Yeah, you could literally say that. Set steel shield starboard to fifty. Turn this, scan this, and like yep. real, real ham up the RP of being a commander. There, Once there's... again, though, if you hadn't played this game and I stumbled across it, I'd send it to you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's so blind. It's it's this it's this really neat. Like I I don't think you could actually play it without any vision. But like the there the the speech to text lady does yell at you about approaching obstacles, ships, and the directions they're coming from. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's just a super neat little weird game that most of my time playing it, which is about two hours, admittedly, has just been like figuring out things the ship can do. And each time I get a little bit surprised, going, "Oh, I can make the ship do this." Weird. Um, and the, the, the combat's actually like kind of engaging because the ships move really slowly and it starts to feel like tall ship combat at a point where you'll be like, mm. fire, flat can fl fire cannon starboard, starboard. And it'll just like highlight this, the side or no, it's, it's, it's lock cannon starboard board fire. And then you'll just see like these tiny little particles come out of the side of your ship. And it takes like a minute for them to hit the enemy ship. But when it does, it's like, ah, got him. It's like enemy Dude, ship phases. destroyed. Do phasers get set to stun though? I don't think there are phasers. There are lasers though, and they they can't be <laughs> set to stun. A thing? But see, here's the thing: Not, you, you don't phaser a starship. Oh right, and yeah, and you don't okay. and and you don't like set them to stun when shooting at a starship. That's for a person, and this is ship combat. So I think it would be like <laughs> fire Ooh. torpedoes, and you just need to disable like you know their main engines or something. So that would be torpedoes lock on main engines, disable their ship, don't destroy them, fire. And then you get to yell thematic things like, don't let that ship get away. 
lock on hail their hail their bridge and stuff like open that. hailing frequencies I, I don't know if there's hailing frequencies in this game but like um i don't know yeah, either yeah. <laughs> it, as for like actual gameplay in astro protocol it's it's mostly just like type set engines speed set a direction and then wait for a couple minutes with not too much happening and then scanning planets and locating space stations to drop off your scanned information um so it's it's very much just like jumping from system to system, scanning planets, looking for planets of high value. Um, the game itself is like quite simple. There isn't too much to do, but there is a lot of things that want you dead and uh, a lot of running away. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's pretty fun. Um, I, I enjoyed my time with Astro Protocol. I, I don't know if I would recommend it as a game for stream or anything. Uh, it's kind of muted in its... Um, like it's aesthetic and it's not really for everybody, but like, you know, it's a thing. And if you're into that kind of thing, it's a pretty cool little thing. Nice. And it's cheap. It's like six bucks. It does sound really cool. Yeah. I'm not sure if I would enjoy playing it, but like as a concept, it sounds really cool. It's like you're happy it exists. Yeah. 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 It's very much that kind of thing. It's also kind of fun, like control effing a manual to find more input commands. <laughs> because <laughs> every minute i've played this game i've had my manual up on my vertical monitor and i've just been tapping out control effing half the time could you imagine being in a spaceship with the commander and he keeps having to pull out the, the manual, <laughs> the manual. <laughs> sorry sorry i just got this one it's new i need to look this up real quick give me one moment <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. i mean i i ironically saw my mom do that with her electric car once um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay car manuals used to be a big thing it used to be oh we need that car mm -hmm. manual and i remember having to get the car manual and dad would look up certain parts and i think it was mostly so he knew how the wiring was and such but not how to drive it you know the, the, <laughs> this also probably requires a manual arch can you tell us a little bit about albion online oh my gosh it requires a manual three hours of youtube videos and lurking in twitch chats to fully understand i've been bitten by the mmo bug i'm sorry uh, i don't have a vaccine chat oh wait there's no chat yeah. but you know what i mean i mean i mean I, I i had covid a month ago maybe maybe one of the symptoms of long covid is an addiction to mmos again um <laughs> it's it's an mmo that is um like arpg style view and basically, it is a fairly PvP-centric one. Um, I think we've talked about it previously on the podcast. Drongo and I took a sponsorship for this like two months ago. But um, I found myself coming back to it again. And, and basically, there is gathering, crafting, and fighting. And the high-quality materials are in PvP zones... And, um, you know, there's all that sort of danger. But I've really been enjoying it lately because I, when I was sick, I basically went through and just didn't feel like doing anything. So I'd just run around and collect items. And as, as we all know, anything that requires gathering resources is my jam. I, I yearn for the mines. If I was a <laughs> child back in the 1800s, I would have been absolutely happy to take my pickaxe and go to the mines. Um... So I kind of got into it through that. And then 
afterwards and I've started, you know, playing in the actual PvP stuff, which I don't normally do. And so there's varying forms. There's, you know, one-on-one PvP, random people you find in the wilds, uh, wild zones. But then they've got faction wars, which is zone versus zone. And you wind up with squads of like 60 people going against each other. And, you know, I started hanging out with that and it just became so much fun being part of a massive group and actually coordinating and moving around. And I've, I've just come to really enjoy it. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot to do in it. A lot of it is PVP centric, which often actually put me off the game. I bought it like five years ago and then was like, this game is too PVP for me and stopped playing it. But now I'm just really getting into it and, you know, running around collecting resources and going, okay, I'm going to go to the high danger area to get some expensive resources because I'm going to sell them uh, and, and, you know, make some money for other things. The, the other thing, like speaking of the selling, everything in the game is player made. So the item drops from mobs are player made items. The way that works is there is a black market that... Um, buys items at a higher price and you can basically sell items to the system that enters the drop pool so when you kill a mob and it drops an item it'll have someone's signature on it and um when you are when when you're killed in pvp you drop your gear but some items will be destroyed so that's how it balances the adding items into the game economy and removing them so to ensure that there's a good balance but it also, when an item drops, it goes, okay, I've dropped this level, you know, tier seven sword. I'm going to open a buy order for a tier seven sword. And that way, someone who has crafted one can sell it at a, you know, sell it to the black market. And so it creates this really cool cycle. And it's just been a lot of fun. I, I actually plan on bringing it back to stream because I've just been enjoying it. And, you know, I, I, I don't do a lot of the one-on-one PVP that a lot of the 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 streamers do i tend to do the roaming and the exploration side which to me is the real fun part but i just love that the game offers so much like that and then occasionally i get absolutely ganked by someone who found me you know distracted killing a deer in the forest and then it's all over (laughs) (laughs) but like even that it's really quick and easy to to gear back up it's not like you know um i i came from worm where it takes several hours to craft your items right uh this is literally items are quick to craft they are you know fairly usually craft them in bulk so you usually have like five or six sets of the one item so you can be like i've died get my gear you're back in the field almost immediately and I really like that. Yeah, I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm just being mean whenever Arch talks about a game on this episode because first one's a MOBA and the second one's an MMO. <laughs> I yeah, know. I'm like, I, it's just like, I, I've, I'm just I, like I've sitting almost... here thinking, oh no, we're losing him. <laughs> like, Arch, come back to reality. Like, <laughs> no, what I like is basically uh, the MOBA is just a bit of fun. That's a flash in the pan. But this is, again, bringing that, that love of resource collection so, in a meaningful way. So what, what you're saying is the MOBA is the, is the fleeting fantasy and then the, uh, the MMO is the wife. 
No, worm online is the wife. This is just okay. this is just the this is the emotional. This is affair, the girlfriend. You know? <laughs> this is the girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, you're cheating yeah. on worm. Got it. Got it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I see. I see. This all checks out. Yep. Yep. No. Yep. Absolutely. It makes um, sense. It's I I love resource collection in games and I love it. Like nobody I'm, tell I'm, him about Eve Online. Just <laughs> <laughs> well, see the thing for me is. I love it when it's got a purpose, right? And that's kind of something that I've struggled with a lot in games is, you know, you get to a point where there's no purpose to it. Not, not to you be mean, but no games have a purpose, Arch. <laughs> no, no, no. Resource collection can have a purpose because you, if you're playing with a group, you collect the resources to build the build the settlement, right? But it's an MMO. You, they could turn the servers this, off. Yeah, I'm not talking from the grand, you know, this will have an impact in life. Okay. I'm changing things. This is, I collect resources, I can sell them, and they're always wanted. Other games, you know, the early game market stagnates. For this, to get high-tier stuff, you need to refine the low-tier stuff and just constantly, like, upgrade it with the higher-tier items, so you always need low-tier items. And so there's never that feeling of nothing is selling on the market because everything is needed. And so there is that cycle. If I spend the day collecting resources, they're not just going to sit idly away. Like, you know, that's kind of what uh, I struggle with Worm and why I'm not playing Worm at the moment is because I've got so many resources just sitting in a, in a, in a storage bin that I don't need to go and collect anything. And... A lot of games wind up with that. You're like, oh yeah, where's such and such? And they're like, oh yeah, that's in that chest. And there's, you've just got thousands of them because you collected thousands of them and there's nothing to use them for. Whereas with this, there's always something to use them for, always something to use them on, and people always want them. And that's what appeals to me. You know, I like playing games with groups where people go, I need this and I can be like, I got you. But if I'm collecting resources for the sake of collecting resources, I quickly fall off. So I'm just enjoying a game that actually has a good gameplay loop that actually takes those resources and says, give me more. Hey, as long I'm, as you're enjoying it. I was going to say I'm envious. I, I wish I could enjoy a game like that. but I haven't found a game like that in a very long time. And I desperately would love an MMO to just sink into, but... Not suck? Yeah, because that's yeah. where I'm at. I just, I just want an MMO that doesn't suck. Well, I, I, there are some out there that are not bad, but like, like Final Fantasy fourteen, for example. But I just can't get into it at all. I just can't. I just can't. And I want it. I want one so desperately, and I, there's just I can't. There's nothing. I, I've I tried so really many. I still really wish that New World didn't suck because I think New oh, World yeah. really grabbed me. If it wasn't like the visual design, the the sound design, I have never praised a game's sound design as much as I have um, New World. You know, Rescore, re sorry, sorry, I didn't no, no, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you go. Oh, when you're out in the in the you know in a valley mining, and you the crack of the pickaxe echoes around the like the walls of the the valley. It's just like, oh my god, I want to spend forever here. Mm. And yeah, I've I've never heard something as just amazing as that. But the rest of the game just sucked, and they kept letting in all of these bloody dupes and exploits. 
Yeah. Resource gathering in New World was amazing. Absolutely. It was and, so and good. And the fishing. To how this is. Oh. Yeah. Albion oh. is pretty similar in resource gathering, you know? Yeah, but it's um, PvP focused, and I don't like it. That I, that that instantly yeah. turns me off. I just don't like it at all. So, well, hmm. I I was just gonna throw out that you know uh, because all Lord of the Rings games have been great recently. I mean, they they are making a new Lord of the Rings MMO. Yeah, they are, but it's Amazon. Well, uh, so, so, which, so is New World. <laughs> Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. why. That's why I'm like, ugh. I'm hoping. <laughs> I'm worried. I'm hoping they're taking what they've learned from New World. Like New World was the first child they made all the mistakes on. Um, I'm hoping they've taken their lessons from that, and when they apply it to this, along with the the great sound design and visual design, I'm hoping that that, you know, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. Um, it depends whether they've learned their lesson. And given how much money uh, Amazon has been putting into uh, their Lord of the Rings license purchase, mm. I'm absolutely sure there's going to be the resources to deliver on their vision. It's just making sure their vision is the right one. Yeah, I'm, I'm not hopeful. I really want to be, but I don't know. If they make it PvP focused again, then I'm just going to be out from the start. That's the problem. PvP is easy content. It is, but like And the only content that matters is the content that we produce, which is why we are the we are the problem. It's our fault. We we are the reason MMOs suck now. <laughs> mm, I, because, I don't Because you know think how you keep saying you. Well, see, Arch keeps saying this thing, right? Uh, easy content. Normal humans don't want content. They want gameplay. They want mechanics. They want stuff to do. They don't want content. Not everything is about content. But I, I will see. I understood him just to meant like it's gameplay content. Yeah, that's that, that's what that's I mean. What I, meant. I mean, I see, don't. I, mean I, I don't agree creators. that it's easy content I'm, in that way. It's that's I mean, that's specifically intentional design. Like that is not easy content. Uh, Making well, a multiplayer what I mean focused by that MMO is. You don't have to worry about level design. You don't have to worry about adding new enemies, new u unique mechanics, scripting AI. You literally just balance two forces against each other on a map and they will constantly provide that challenge. How often can you go back and play the same level of a single player game versus diving into new games of like, a another game, a PvP game because it's different every time. That's not to be weird, I mean. but like have you ever heard of a video game called Diablo? <laughs> like yeah. there there's ways <laughs> to do that. But like no, I I mean I I I feel like this is just gonna end up like becoming just kind of a back and forth debate because I vehemently disagree with you that it's easy content. But I I I don't mean it's easy to do. I don't mean all of that. I mean it's a decision that's made because players provide an element of randomness and an element of every battle is fresh and new that developers can't. Uh, disagree. <laughs> Hard disagree, but like I said, we can agree to disagree uh, if you if you like, because I don't want to continue I, this. Discussion. I, I think it's just a it's just a different. It's a focus. It's focusing their development energy on a very different thing that will only appeal to 
PvP players because people that do PvE don't care about PvP stuff, which means you end up having nothing to do. Like, for example, in New World, they clearly went in all, all in on the PvP stuff, which is why the enemies in the world felt so copy-pasted because it was oh, the I same thing. Over a new area and the black wolves are now gray wolves. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, oh, and everything oh. is just the same. It's everything is just the same and it's just all pasted together. And yeah, that I don't know. I God, I really hope like I don't mind having PvP content in the game. Go for it. But give make PvE also matter. Because in New World, PvE did not matter. So that's at why all. I love Elder Scrolls Online because you can play that game solo. As a single quests, player, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. The quests feel like an Elder Scrolls game, you know? One moment you're stopping this huge plot to overthrow the rulers or destabilize this meeting, the next you're running into a cavern to save this guy's favorite sheep, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's very Elder Scrolls in that sense, and I really enjoy that. It would be um, it would be great if the if the if the Lord of the Rings one is more like that. Am I hopeful that it'll be like that? Absolutely not. I will probably try it out because it's Lord of the Rings and I love Lord of the Rings, but like I have currently zero faith. F faith? Faith. Zero faith in um Amazon MMOs or amazon games per se because like yeah there was a new world lost ark i mean lost ark is obviously not made by them but they published it in the west and there were some decisions there as well and yeah i i i will check it out probably because it's Lord of the rings but i am not hopeful in the slightest unfortunately so and i played Sorry. We've still got games to talk about on yeah. this list of games, and we yes. have fallen so deep down this MMO discussion train that I think it's time for us to route right back around to FG. Can you talk about Star Trek Resurgence? Because I didn't know this game came out. Oh, 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 I, I can curse. Fuck yeah. Holy shit. That game is amazing. It's so good. Holy shit. Okay, bad things first. Okay, so Star Trek Resurgence came out uh on the 23rd i want to say it's uh and this is why a lot of people have not heard of it and that's why a lot of people are not going to play it unfortunately it's on pc it's epic exclusive i know blah growing whatever play it buy it it's so good holy crap it's so good it's uh it's also on consoles um it's on playstation xbox not on the switch um but holy crap it's i oh god like my entire chat and i we just fell in love with that game okay while so playing it. what is it so it is a post star trek nemesis it takes place one star uh, one year after star trek nemesis so it's very late tng era it's a game by a studio called dramatic labs which is made up of 20 plus x telltale people so it's a telltale style game made by a new studio and you play um two different characters on this uh small ship called the uss resolute 
and you go on a d- diplomatic mission to find something out and you uncover a plot and stuff happens i'm not going to spoil the story don't worry there's um you know you, you play two new characters but there are a couple of characters showing up from star trek history uh that you'll know and it's just it's it's like you're in a tng episode sometimes it even feels like tio like toss um especially because of the musical scoring it's it's just it's 10 out of 10 like it is like you're in a star trek show like good trek as well it's it's amazing it's so good unfortunately while the story and the music and the atmosphere are all 10 out of 10 technically speaking the game is rather eh. um and this is a really bad but it only runs at max 1080p so you can't run it on 4040p i had to like downscale my display so i could capture it properly for stream for me it looked actually for stream it looked okay because i'm not i'm only streaming in 1080p anyways um it's 30 frames only so it doesn't go higher than 30 fps um which is it's 2023 that's pretty bad um so that that's the real bad stuff about it and some people have had like um i know dance gaming had a hard soft lock where the game would just crash over and over and over during the during a decision so he could not progress his story um it's so technically it's it's like old uh, some of the older telltale games technically it could be better um, I had one crash at one decision, but I reloaded it and it went th- through after that with with uh, like for me without a hitch. Um, so I got really lucky and I, it's it's like the story. Like I hope they get to make a sequel and I hope they take all of the epic money and they make the the next sequel like so good because it's it's so good. It's so good. Like I cried at the end. It's so good. Okay. It's it's like I, I I can't say anything about the story because it'll spoiler stuff and I don't want to spoil it because it's so good. Like even How if you don't it? play it, just watch a playthrough. It's not that long. It's like 13 hours. Like just watch it. It's just so good. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, it's it's I swear it's it's they you can tell the people who made this love Star Trek. And because there's just details in there, and like, it's it's so good, it's so good, it's just it's yeah. I I um box quote. It's so good. Yeah, no, it it really is like I. It's hard to talk about it without spoiling details, but okay. Yeah, well then I will spare you the pain of having yeah. to try and talk about it without spoiling details. Go play Star Trek Resurgence on do Epic it. Game Store. Go yeah, do that. Yeah, just do yourself the favor. Do it. Like if you love Star Trek play that game yes it's a bit janky it's telltale janky but it is you will thank me later <laughs> i swear <laughs> it's so good so i talked about this game last week and i'm going to talk about it again because i think that this might be one of the most underrated games that has come out on steam this year um this is path of Acra. uh path of Acra was or has i guess a free version on itch that the developer has been working on for i think i first played it back in january of last year 
Um, so it, it's been around for a little bit, but it was completely free on itch and ran in a browser and everything. And there still is a free version. It's just now the Steam demo. So if you download the Steam demo, it is the full game. Uh, it's just an older build of the full game and saves do transfer over. So if you're interested in trying this, just go play the demo and the saves will move over. Obviously, the if you buy the game, the, the build that is on Steam now uh, runs a lot better and looks nicer and has nicer UI elements and stuff. But like you can go try a prototype for free. Now, what is it? Path of Acra, uh, I, I, I gave the pitch last time. Uh, it's a solo-developed... Solo um, uh, if you look at screenshots again, you'll be like, ah, yes, another blind game. Um, but uh, it's it's a solo-developed game made by, by one guy, uh, Ulfsire, who originally used to make mods and maps for um, War, Warcraft 3. Uh, and then when Reforged happened, uh, that community just kind of like dodged uh so this is actually to a degree him remaking one of his warcraft 3 maps but as a turn-based roguelike instead of a real-time action game um now what mm. what it is is it's a build focused roguelike so uh, beating the game a run takes maybe an hour um and uh there, there is some progression in it in two ways you unlock classes uh, by earning, um, basically like, I, I can't remember the, the term for it, but you earn experience as you play through. And then that experience goes back into a big experience bar on the main menu, which unlocks you new gods, classes, and, um, uh, it, what, what's the word I'm looking for here? I'm just completely blanking. Uh, it, it gives you that, that kind of progression. So you, you, you unlock more variety as you go. Now, um, there's a bunch of different uh, there, there's two different ways that you customize your character in this game. It's a build game. It's it's. Uh, I've seen people describing it as like Path of Exile, but turn-based and only takes an hour instead of 18 hours and you don't cry when you screw your build up because you can just start over. Um, <laughs> it, you, you, you pick your class, you pick your religion, you, you, you pick your class, you pick your... Uh, your I can't I, culture is the word they use. Uh, class, culture, and then religion. So your class is basically like I'm a big burly dude. I'm kind of a more stealthy dude. I'm a skeleton. I'm a this. I'm a that. Uh, and and they all have different base stats and passive attached to them. Then you select your culture, um, which is like I'm going to start as kind of a mage character with a bunch of like wisdom and not a lot of dexterity, or I'm going to be a guy with two swords that gets a double hit on dodge and stuff. And then the entire game becomes about stacking passives. So your your god gives you three activatable spells, uh, which are your prayers. You get your first one at level one, your second one at level uh, ten, and your or sorry, your second one at level twenty, and your third one at level thirty. Um, and those give you more passives as well as three activatables. And the game is super streamlined. Like, you're not going to worry about needing to learn a billion keybinds to the point where there's actually an autoplay button that works on a lot of builds where literally you just hit tab or even hold down tab and the game plays itself. It almost becomes an auto-battler. Um, it is the... The first roguelike I've ever played that successfully has the same feeling as Vampire Survivors when you're doing well. Um because literally mm. all you need to do is hold down tab and the whole screen explodes and you're like, well, I won. <laughs> um, and it, it's it's all about theory crafting. And because everything has passives and procs on it, you'll end up with a build as an example where one, one of my favorite builds is just a repeating uh, attack build all based on dodge. So um, 
when, when I when I walk past an enemy, I don't ever actually attack enemies. I walk past them because I want evade and dodge. Moving and not hitting gives me evade. On dodge, I double strike an enemy. On uh, on parrying their attack, because they'll try and parry my attack. On parry, I'll get an extra strike. On block, I get an extra strike. And if my evade is high enough, I get an extra strike. So I walk past four enemies, and instead of like attacking one guy once, I attack 45 times. And because of the god I'm using and the uh, abilities that I have on, uh, and the spells and passives I have on that character, the entire screen ex explodes with thunder and lightning because there's just lightning shooting out of this character's big AoEs of death stuff and, like, my sword apparently has an ability where if I hit two enemies, uh, if I'm two-handing that weapon, then I shoot out psychic damage to everybody on the map. And so you just take one step and the whole screen explodes, and it's so satisfying! It's It's just this... And it and it, it it does become very tactical with certain types of builds too. So if you're if you're like now nah, okay, I want to be very like deterministic about how I go about killing things. Um, you you can absolutely play builds that are much more tactical. But like the variety is kind of incredible. Like you can have a build that's based entirely on encumbrance, and the more encumbered your character is, the more damage you do. So you just want really high dexterity and wisdom. And then just, like, move so slowly. But every single time somebody attacks you, you get a free hit. So, like, you only move once for every eight turns the enemies take. But, like, every time they hit you, you get a free hit. And because you have so much armor and so much strength from all of your encumbrance, you're just, like, a monster that just goes... And just everything dies. It's... It's, an, it's a supremely satisfying little build theory crafting game that is either extremely tactical or almost an auto-battler. And... The, the last thing that I, the last two things I really want to say about it is the other form of progression it has is it has cycles. So every time you beat the game, you move on to the next cycle and the game gets harder. And so you need to think more about your builds. You need to get smarter about your builds. You need to like get better at the theory crafting over time. And the other thing is the writing is actually weirdly good. The developer of this, I, I don't know if he did this professionally or if it was just a hobby, but he comes from the modern poetry world. Um... So the entire game is just filled with this incredibly dense, meaty, like almost like what's what's the word I'm looking for? Almost like Lovecraftian levels of like poetic writing. And it's mm. it's kind of cool. And like when, when you because it's got kind of an FTL map because uh, you start on the left and you go to the right. It's a one screen game. So each map is just one screen. You can see the whole map. Um, and you, you, you go from the left side of the map to the right side of the map, right? And you get to select from one to three different locations to go to. And it'll say things like, j just as an example, uh, it is day two in the land of Accra. You gaze upon a green tower. You sense rocks smeared with dung and a terrible stench. Hobgoblins patrol this way. There is a rumor of marauders abroad in gold. Uh, the the wrench hunt here and there is a great mound of skulls covered in moss and shimmering purple flowers you will find a green summoner's robe a pair of of red and orange gloves a chest plate of wild crimson and a robe adorned by an astral wanderer and that tells you the types of enemies you're going to be fighting what gear you'll you'll get at the end and what the boss creature is um and at, the more you play of it, the the more you start to figure out which one is which. And like, there are people in my community right now, like literally making spreadsheets for all the items in the game. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's it is it is real cool. It, it is a it is a neat game. It's it's done quite well. Uh, it's got a hundred percent positive reviews, and it deserves it. Sounds actually really good. Yeah, that sounds really good. And it's like ten bucks. 
So, and nice. like, if you're not totally sold, like if the art style is like, eh, for you, try the demo because your progress carries over. Yeah. I oh, that's cool. Yeah. Those are a real, like, when, when it's like that, it carries an absolute feeling of they know you'll like it. You know, they are literally giving you the game saying, you play this, you'll want more. I've been shouting about this game for ages because like, I, I like, I, I, I put like 40 hours or something into the itch version. I want to say, like, because, because, like, the name seemed familiar that you that you have talked about this mm -hmm. before on an episode that we two were on together. Yeah, for sure, I, I, probably. But like, it, it's it's been a while mm. because like it's out. Now. Yeah, like, it came out on on the first of May, and mm. you know it's it's real nice to see the game do well. Like the the dev said that he was not expecting it to sell at all, and you know he's nice. doing quite That's well. Awesome. So. It's also you know support weird indies do that yeah absolutely right. yeah F fg what what's what's castle of alchemists yeah so castle of alchemists <laughs> uh the last game i want to talk about i played this a couple of couple of weeks ago is um basically a pixel art top down indie orcs must die but single player only but oh okay that makes so yeah. much more sense now these screenshots make a lot of sense now I, I've, I've looked at this yeah. game a couple of times and couldn't figure out what it was yeah yeah no it's a it's a it's a so basically uh it's called castle of alchemists because uh, all the alchemists are ha ha happily living together in their giant fortified castle uh, and then they will, they are, nobody can breach the walls, but they get portrayed from the inside. So they have to retake the castle. Um, they grow you, the player character. So you are not an alchemist. You get, you are actually grown by the alchemists. So you are a, uh, basically a humunculus that they've created, which is uh, because you level up your character throughout the maps and you mutate your character and you can build your, your, you know your build basically but you also get new traps uh new towers uh new abilities and all that sort of stuff and basically your goal is to recapture the the castle but it's you move from tower defense to tower defense map but it's like action tower defense because like orcs must die you as the player character also have a gun or and a melee weapon and you run around and you can also fight the enemies it's not just pure towers and traps and all that sort of stuff and um uh yeah this came out on the 17th of may it's by um uh, a pretty small small team and it's it's um so it is not simulation sickness friendly because it has a uh, screen check you can't turn off it's got the camera bound to uh the mouse cursor so when you move the mouse around it wibbles around yet i still played 10 hours of it on stream so like it's fun like i really enjoyed it <laughs> it's pretty challenging uh like you have to be clever and you have to like think about how to like d like like slow down your enemies somewhat so you can get time to like recharge your abilities to like plop down another like uh, booby trap and a and a little um like shrapnel tower that you can place and all that sort of stuff um but it's it's really really fun i've also given them feedback because um, the, the team is pretty active in my chat and, um, they're going to put like those simulation sickness accessibility features in as well. Cause you don't really, 
because some games like um uh zero sievert have the camera on the mouse so because it's a game mechanic right because you need to see further off screen you don't really need that in this game like at all um sorry like they're gonna like they're gonna put some like they're, they're gonna fix that like you can to a degree like basically what i did is i just pointed my gun in one direction and then never moved my mouse cursor around basically so because if you don't move the mouse cursor around then the camera doesn't wobble uh so i just did that and yeah it's just it's just really fun and um the pixel art is really good and uh the pixel art deaths are really good as well so you like pour acid on the people and you can see like their armor melting off and then their face melts off and um just uh things like that it's really fun i really enjoyed it it's early access unfortunately so there's only three worlds with around five maps each that sounds about right but um uh yeah it's really fun and you can like mix and match and like um like uh if you have like you, you can get like combos that do like extra damage basically to your enemies like combining like acid and and fire and then triple combo and and all sorts of stuff like that like it's uh it's 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 really fun like i'm excited to see where it goes um i had a i had a lot of fun with it yeah neat well i think that's it for the games uh, actually no sorry arch has one more would you like to talk about uh lens island oh look I'll, I'll drop on it quick because I've I've played it before in the past. One thing that I really love about this game, it's a you know isometric, well not isometric, but yeah isometric view, uh, open world game. They actually, when they re released it originally, it had a set map and set plot, and they've actually taken it all back to the board and completely changed it so it's procedurally generated. It's got islands that you sail to, and I. I started playing one game and was like, this just feels like a cheap version of. Um, lens island and so we jumped into lens island and just had an absolute blast and i just want to shout it out like they literally went back to the drawing board and redid almost the entire game and i i just think that's, that's awesome that's cool okay that actually like literally you saying that i will go check that out again because i i played the demo and i liked the demo and then the full then the game came out and i was like nah this doesn't jive yeah. with me but if they did that what's, what's different huh. they they really did. Okay. They um, and and instead of just the town being there, there's now quests to build it up. You've got to provide oh, resources. Nice. You go okay, exploring yeah. and you meet like instead of just all the all the NPCs being there, you go exploring. You might be in the deep like dungeon and you'll find someone saying help and they've been trapped there because of the mobs and you mm. free them and they're like, oh, I'm a blacksmith. I can head to Bridgewatch. You head there. You need to build their house. You need to build okay, the house and it's. It's not just put the materials in. It's the same square by square, decorate. All they need is walls, a roof, and a bed. But, you know, you can do more. And once they do that, you choose who moves in. You can say, I want the uh, blacksmith to move in. The blacksmith moves in. He opens his shop. You can then buy, sell, trade, and all of that. Or, you know, there's like the, the, the pirate gambler. There is the florist. There is the farmer. Like... All of that, and you actually choose. Some of them are already there. Some you have to meet, but you choose who um, who moves in. And so it's it adds so much more player agency to it, and so much more um, 
decision making and sort of progression mm. instead of it all being there. And I just really love that. It's a it was a it was a solid little game that you did hit that point of you're like, now now what? I feel like there's not really anywhere to go. But since they've made all these changes, it really does feel like there is so much more. Okay, that sounds cool. Yeah, no, I have to definitely then revisit that because yeah, the the actual release didn't really draw me in that much. But if they completely changed everything, that actually sounds really good. Nice. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, that's good. Awesome. Job's done. All right. Uh, <laughs> so I, I I think now is a good time for us to go to news. We're going to go on a real quick break. When we come back after the lovely tunes, uh, then we will talk about the news that's been happening this week. And we're back with the part of the Halcyon Frequency podcast where we talk about the news. So I'm just going to do this breaking news. We've actually got breaking news going on. So this is a game that I haven't played and have no interest in playing. So I'm going to kind of like ride in the coattails of you two who are much more interested who have played the video game, I think, uh, or at least one mm -hmm. of you have. Um, so FG, what in the hell is going on right now with Roots of Pacha and Crivito? Last last week on the podcast, we did like talk about the base of this. So we kind of have an idea of what's going on. Uh, they've split way they, they 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 were kind of having issues and the game got taken off of steam but uh what, what's our what's our update so there's been an update literally like 15 like it was literally posted while we were recording this podcast and um crytevo the publisher and the developer of roots of patcher which is sodaden have apparently after two weeks of talks reached uh uh an amicable decision they've they've sort of sussed out their differences we don't know what actually was going on and we don't know how they sussed out their differences but basically um they have both they've parted ways with each other they have you know uh separated uh which is patria is now self-published and it is back available to be bought on steam and um yeah there is they they basically both just released a pre pre like they released the press statement both of them re uh, like released the same um and it basically doesn't tell us anything but apparently they've, they've somehow reached a decision with where both parties were happy and the game's now back which is which is great for um the developers i guess but i i still kind of wonder what the heck was actually going on but i'm just gonna actually quickly read this because it's not a very long statement so both um Crytivo and Sodaden tweeted this. Um, Over the past two weeks, Crytivo and Sodaden have worked tirelessly to achieve the common goal of restoring Roots of Patcher on Steam because it was pulled, just to like add that in there in case people didn't know, because if there is a dispute between a developer and a publisher um, on the end somewhere, it gets pulled off of Steam. That's just how Steam works like um there there it's like it's it's i don't know exactly what leads to the automation of pulling it but basically like you can you can like um pull a lever basically and steam goes like okay this game is no longer on sale because there is like on the back end there are issues basically 
Um, if you kids are going to argue, we'll take it away. We'll take it away for now. Exactly. Yeah. That apparently there's just something like happening, but um, we are happy to share. So this is this is quoting um, the release again. We are happy to share. We've reached an agreement, and that Roots of Patcher has been restored to Steam for all to purchase. We would also like to share that Criteria and Sodaden have made the decision to amicably part ways under terms that are mutually beneficial. Sodaden sincerely thanks the Criteria team for their efforts to support and market Roots of Patcher. Criteria sincerely thanks Sodaden for their dedication and craft that went into the creation of the game. Our collective priority has always been the fans. We hope that the restoration of the Steam Store page brings you joy. Thank you all for your support. So we have no idea what actually went on behind the scenes but clearly because like this started obviously with like soda then like they talked about it first and and they did a thing where like clearly there was like some basis there for them to start acting um i assume because I, I assume lawyers must have looked over this oh absolutely um, you I know mean, with the, contracts the, the and line... stuff like that Soda Den sincerely thanks and Richard Pacha sincerely thanks. Or so Soda Den and Critivo both sincerely thank each other. That that's like lawyer one oh one saying oh, yeah, We're like not lawyer. insulting each other. This is on good terms. Nobody get mad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, so it's this is just so strange, this whole situation. It is. Yeah. I, yeah. Like kind of, I know I know Roots of kind of started to pick up a real big uptick and i i wonder if there was just like like that's it were they were the terms of the contract changed or was the contract just slightly predatory that didn't really take into account anything else that's that's the way i kind of look at it as like if you have a contract with someone and suddenly the terms are no longer favorable because x wasn't hit y wasn't hit or something like where are we looking at with that that's what i wonder yeah, like, yeah. You know, if you enter a slightly, you know, um, a contract that favors the other person because you're not expecting that greater result, you're like, you know, yes, this helps us, and then it goes really big. Did did someone try and and pull a shifty on the other, or did they just realize the terms didn't work, or what? That's that's what I want to know. Well, so clearly that must have. It's been back yeah, up on Steam for twenty seven minutes, I think. Mm. Looking at this. Um, I, I, I'm looking at SteamDB, and I haven't noticed a particularly large player increase yet or anything, but they did have an all-time peak of 6,000, which is not nothing. That's, that's kind of a lot. That's good. I mean, they've got, like, what, like a 1,000 reviews posted, which means roughly-ish 10 times that amount have bought the game. And I also know it's not only available on Steam to buy. You can also buy it on, like, other shops, like like Humble, etc., etc., um so like yes no i was just gonna say i was just gonna say like because if you buy a key off site even if you make a um if you then post a review or anything like that it doesn't really count it doesn't count in the scores and whatnot so um that's just the numbers that that bought it through steam that we can sort of verify ish somewhat roughly um but more people have bought it so yeah i don't know if if it was just a yeah, but clearly, clearly there must have been enough of a basis here to, like, not necessarily void the contract, but, like, get out of it for, for Soda Den here, because otherwise, you know, 
legally speaking, this would have not been possible. So I, I wonder, and now I wonder, like, is this going to reflect badly on the publisher? Because Crytivo are big. They publish a lot of indie games. So, so I, I wonder how that reflects, like, if, the, if that's going to, like, change anything for people who, like, interact with, with, with them. Because, like, like literally we were um, uh, just talking about it. Above Snakes is also published by Crytivo, for example. It's a very, uh, yeah, you kind of got to wonder here because, like, what's the cause behind it? What what happened and, and where did they go from there? Yep. I, I, as, you know, if I was a developer, I would not want to enter something without being like, what happened? I need to know because otherwise, um, you know, I don't want the same thing happening to me. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. I, this is this is, huh? Interesting, interesting. And I, I would I would so love to know more. Like obviously they're not ever gonna say, just no, like not to we'll the public. But but I would love to know. It's just it's one of those things that you know it's a weird event that's happened. It's now kind of just gonna fade off into obscurity. Probably mm. I don't think we'll ever hear from this again. I no, I don't would think so be either. Willing to bet that. Unless there's, like, some weird person, like, leaking information on 4chan in a couple of years, I don't think we're going to actually get any any more <laughs> news out of this. But it's just, it's 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 nice to see the game back online, but I just, mm. I don't know if I trust it. That's the, the I'm, I'm very, very curious about um, how, not just the lost revenue, but how everything will play out. Because obviously that's a, a massive blow to the momentum of a game. Mm. Um, and I'm really, really interested to see whether or not that will cause major, major loss there. It could, yep. could also theoretically give them a boost, depending yeah. on how, so, it, how it works out. So I, I don't know. Um, it's weird. Uh, speaking of things that um, aren't going to get a boost, though, uh, Sony... Uh, announced some new things, uh, a bunch of games, but alongside of the things that they also announced, they also announced uh, the Sony Q handheld, which um, is a tablet with two halves of a controller glued to either side uh, that will stream games from your PlayStation to your handheld device. Um, um, so yeah, in, they're also in making the, earbuds. <laughs> rewording it is Sony releases the Wii U. Um, Pretty much, yep. I, yeah. I mean, what 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 Sony's actually done is what what was what was the name of that? Uh, I think it was Nvidia handheld. Hold on, let, let me let me find it. Oh, sh oh yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because um, Nvidia, not the Nvidia Shield, which is what I keep getting. Uh, it was like, it it literally looked like a Wii U controller, but it came yeah, out yeah, in like two thousand and twelve. Oh man. It was, um, oh god, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally Googling NVIDIA handheld Wii U. <laughs> what was the name of that device? I just, I, I remember because, like, the only person I was ever aware of that owned one was Total Biscuit. But, <clears throat> anyway, in, in NVIDIA made a device ages ago which kind of looks like a prototype Steam Deck. It was just, like, a big tablet with just, like, almost Joy-Cons on either side. 
Um, and it, like, you know, had a high-end laptop inside of it, weighed a ton, and uh, looked exactly like this, except it, like, played games natively. And they also yeah. announced AirPods. So, I I don't know. I This will sell I wonder, 10 units. I wonder? Yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I wonder how many consumers... Like that, because like, no, not how many consumers they have, but like, this is a limited group of people that they're marketing it to. Because mm -hmm. first of all, you need to have a PS Five because this thing does not run standalone. It's streaming. We don't know if you can stream it outside of your home. They've only so far said it over only works over over Wi-Fi, yeah. but that doesn't necessarily mean that you can do it like wherever you are. Um. But you need and to I'm, have a PS5. And who in the world has a PS5 nowadays? Lot, lots of people, actually. They sold quite yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. PS5s are actually um, pretty pretty big now. P P are PlayStation they? 5, I, yeah. It's, it's quite... It's, it, okay. They, you can just walk into Walmart here and buy one now. Um, oh, okay. They, they are, so it's, they it's a bit more accessible. Yeah. Okay, good. But, like, they're not cheap. <laughs> like, if, if I go to Amazon yeah. right now, like, how much is a PlayStation 5? Uh... A PlayStation 5, for me, if I were to buy one right now from Amazon, is 700 Canadian dollars. Holy. Um, and that, that's the God of War Ragnarok bundle, so it does come with a game. But, like, they, they ain't cheap, yo. <laughs> yeah, it's and 390, like, 390 here, but that's the digital edition, so that's the one where you have to download games and you can only, only download games. Oh, also, this is the digital edition. <laughs> mm, oh, yeah. It just well, comes with Ragnarok. Yeah. Yeah, the, the the disc bundle is not currently for sale on Amazon. Um, yeah, I I don't know. It, it, it this 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 to me looks like the the PlayStation VR, uh, you know, um, PlayStation VR mm. two. It, it's just yeah. like it's in very like which by the way I'm looking at right now the PlayStation VR two uh, Horizon Call of the Mountain bundle is uh, eight hundred and twenty dollars on Amazon in Canada. Jesus Christ! So like I mean I I could buy a Steam Deck for that <laughs> so yeah. i don't know i actually I, i'll be honest i haven't looked at price on this um eight inch screen hand sony q it, how comparable is this to a steam deck hold on let me see if pre-orders are up because if this thing is even yeah it's i, I can't find pre-orders yet um, okay if this yeah. thing is even remotely comparable to a Steam Deck, I, I don't see the reason for it to exist. Uh, the P the PlayStation ecosystem is like, from what I've I've seen, PlayStation still drives a lot of, you know, exclusive games that are incredibly incredibly uh, narrative focused. You've got things like Horizon that launched on PlayStation and then slowly come to PC. And there's there's a few things. I think PlayStation themselves have said, well, look, we want games to be exclusive, and then a couple of years later we move them to PC. There is definitely a um, PlayStation-focused uh, group, core group, Mm -hmm. And oh, totally. mm. this will this will absolutely be purchased by them because some of them don't want a Steam Deck. They want to use the PlayStation. They've already got the games they've already purchased. They've already got, you know, all of the other things and PlayStation Plus and all of the things with that. They don't want to have to rebuy games. They don't want to have to move over. And, you know, they're used to that. I mean, PlayStation has their... Um, 
uh, their VR system as well. You know, yeah, which these, is ludicrously expensive have... and sold terribly. Yeah, but exact. The thing is, is you still have it. Like it's constantly scalped for a reason because demand is so high. I not not in the not in the case of the VR stuff, but. No, um, the ban- demand what was I'm, so low that they I'm made afraid. less than they were anticipating. So, like, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm I, not I'm, talking I'm, about the VR. I'm talking about the console. The consoles aren't scalped anymore. They're super readily available. They were scalped. Yes, they for a were, while. and there is still a huge like. Even Xbox themselves have said they lost the console war. Well, no shit. <laughs> you know, no, 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 no. I'm not saying. Oh, wait, this. It's there is an incredibly huge group it's not just a smaller niche if it, it's uh, I, like saying but why like, are you playing yes. games on pc when you could just buy a playstation yes but if you have a playstation and you're sitting at your tv on your playstation why in the world would you sit elsewhere in the same house oh uh, to, anyway i just i don't think this this device needs to exist is all i'm trying to say uh but it's, it's uh, very, there, there is there is no announced there's no announced price for it yet mm. but the rumors are between two to three hundred dollars it's for a very niche group, but I, I mean, I can somewhat see it. Like if you have, I don't know, let's say you are a family and you only have one TV, which nowadays isn't really the case, but I don't know. Daddy wants to watch football on the big screen, but Timmy wants to play PlayStation. I guess you can stream it through this. Right, but it doesn't really like. I don't think this this is a device that's going to drive uh, a lot of sales. It, it's 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 yeah. It's not a, a unique selling point. It's more just uh, you know, if people are driving towards more handheld devices. I mean, if they really wanted to push the handheld devices, they would release a new PS Vita or something. You know, they clearly don't. This is more just, yeah, trying to get in on that thing. And maybe it'll work with cloud gaming in the future. You know, yeah. maybe that's part of their 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 focus. This is early early tests and stuff. I don't what really know. What is cloud gaming? Cloud gaming is gaming on somebody else's computer. I, I'm going to, like, have that catchphrase stuck in my head for the rest of my life. Like, <laughs> like I can't even remember the name of the software anymore, whatever it was, but like that cloud gaming solution from like 2014 that nobody used and didn't work stadium mm. no not stadium <laughs> oh god hold on what what is what is cloud what, what was that even from what what is cloud i think like sony somehow ended up buying it uh meme what is cloud gaming meme let's try that <laughs> because it literally became a meme um mm. I, man, Look, I, I can't the even one, remember. <laughs> but the one thing on. I'll say is basically I see so many AAA studios pushing the same non-innovative stu- innovative stuff. There's the word. Mm. Um, I like seeing companies like PlayStation go, we're going to try doing this. Even if it doesn't work, it's it's at least someone's out there innovating in in the AAA scene um or at least attempting to you know because like everyone came back from that PlayStation uh showcase with like it's on okay. live that was the name of it yeah <laughs> on live they they but, yeah, were like, around from 2009 till 2015 and 
seem to have That's been... That's a good run. Uh, yeah, well, they, they launched in 2014 and they shut down in 2015, so not really. Oh, okay. I thought, I thought <laughs> you meant like run. 2000. <laughs> the company yeah. existed from 2009 until 2015. Um, but yeah, no. OnLive was the name of it. They, they are now technically owned by Sony. Who has just released a system that could probably benefit from cloud gaming at some point? Yes. Mm. But it, they've, they've huh. been renamed... They've in 2015, it was announced that Sony Computer Entertainment, now known as Sony Interactive Entertainment, uh, acquired OnLive's patents and all of OnLive's services will be discontinued in 2015. Sony-operated PlayStation Now is a similar service built using infrastructure of Gaikai, a former competitor of OnLive, uh, until it was merged with PlayStation Plus in 2022. So, anyway, what mm. is cloud gaming was their catchphrase, basically. Mm. Mountain View, California. Gotcha. Sorry, I just I had to figure that out. But yeah, yeah I, no, I absolutely. I get that. I get that brainage when you have to like just have to know and you have to just satisfy it. I get it. Trust me. I think I Arch gets so it too. Talking about <laughs> what is cloud gaming? What oh is cloud God. gaming? Anyway, what is cloud gaming? You know, what isn't cloud gaming is me ending this podcast. So this has been uh, episode seventy one of the Halcyon Frequency podcast. Uh, if 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 you enjoyed this episode. Uh, check out our website, halcyonfrequency.com. But before I rattle off the actual end sequence, I'm going to say three otters in a trench coat, FG squared. Who are you and where can people find you on the internet? Uh, yeah, sometimes I'm three otters in a trench coat. I'm sometimes also to the carrier or just depending on you know what I want to do. Um, but generally speaking, I am live on Twitch five days a week. And if you want all my stuff, just go to fgsquared.tv. It's got links to everything and... Uh, have fun with that. Arch plays things or something sometimes. Who are you? And where can people find you on the internet? I'm Arch. I play stuff. You can find me on all platforms as Arch Play Stuff. I, I'm, I'm very glad I added that end bit because otherwise, you know, I would have had to be like, oh, I am Arch underscore, you know, five. Human of mankind exists here <laughs> on the video game stream platform. Um, I, I, I am uh, Blind IRL. You can find me at Blind IRL on almost everything. And uh, if you, you better like Dwarf Fortress because otherwise I'm sorry. <laughs> Dwarf Fortress <laughs> and weird things. Uh, and uh, if that sounds good to you, look me up. I'm B-L-I-N-D-I-R-L. And uh, if you want to find more episodes of this podcast, like I was saying a second ago, halcyonfrequency.com. And uh, new episodes go live every Sunday. The music, the intro and outro music that you're hearing is by Peter Pohl and Paul Mile. And uh, until next week, don't, don't touch that dial. This is Halcyon Frequency, signing off. <laughs>